Welcome to the Compelling Words Podcast. The Word of God is meant to move us. It's meant to call us to action. Listen in as Kevin Purdy teaches and presents a genuine and compelling message from the Word of God. So what do you consider a bad day? When it, when it comes to the end of the day and you're putting your head down on your pillow and you're thinking through the rest of your day, what, what causes you to think, oh, it's been a good day, or what causes you to think, oh, it's, it's, a bad, it's been a bad day? Is it a good day if you pick up the mail and there's no bills? That's pretty good. Is it a good day if the sun shines and you get a lot of work done? I know for us right now, it's a good day if it rains. We're needing rain, so I know most of us, especially if you're related to farming, you're saying, man, I just wish it would rain. What about a bad day? Is it a bad day when you get criticized at work? Is it a bad day when the car breaks down and your schedule gets all messed up? You know, we have good days, we have bad days. You've heard of Murphy's Law. Um, that's a, it's a saying. If you look that up, legend is that that phrase originated in the military from Air Force Captain Edward Murphy, who served at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. The story is that the, S, that the Air Force was testing high-speed jets, and Captain Murphy once complained about to one of his technicians serving under him on the project. He said, if there is any way to do it wrong, you're going to find it. Um, soon people on the base start referring to things going wrong as Murphy's Law. And that's what it has come to mean today. It's Murphy's Law, meaning something that's going to go wrong is going to go wrong. Um, here's a few more bad luck expressions. Nothing is as easy as it looks. Everything takes longer than you think. If there's a possibility of several things going wrong, the one that will cause the most damage will go wrong. Left to themselves, things tend to go from bad to worse. If everything seems to be going well, you've probably overlooked something. And then I never heard this one, but I like this one. Drop your toast and it will land buttered side down. <laughs> All of us have those days that are good, and then all of us have those days that are bad. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can think back, and it could be a bad day, and I really can't even say why. It just feels like it was a bad day. You know, um, the Bible tells us a story about a man who had a really bad day. A, a bad day that hit all at once, and then it went even longer than just a day. And we're going to read about his bad day. It's in the book of Job. And the man who had the bad day is the man named Job. And we're going to read chapter 1. If you want to follow along, turn to chapter 1 in your Bibles or on your phone app or however you read your scriptures. But we're going to read through Job chapter 1. So follow along with me. This is what it says. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys. And he had a, had a large number of servants. 
He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would make a sacrifice, a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming through the earth, going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You've blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well, then everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And this is where we start to see this bad day. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert, struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them, and they are dead. I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe, shaved his head, then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I'll depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. That's pretty intense. I mean, isn't that? We've got to admit, that's pretty intense. Have you ever heard that bad news comes in threes? You've probably heard that. Somehow it plays out to be true. I don't know, but I've heard that. For, Job's, for Job, though, it, w- it was bad news times four. It was bad news times four. First, a messenger comes in and says, your ox and your donkeys have been stolen. Some of your servants have been killed. And then while that messenger was still speaking, another one comes in and says, oh, your sheep were caught in a fire. And they, along with more servants, were killed. While that messenger was still speaking, another one comes in and says, A group of raiders have stolen your camels and killed more of your servants. And then while that messenger was still speaking, the worst news of all, your children were together, and a great wind collapsed their house on them, and they're dead. Job gets bad news, followed by bad news, followed by bad news, followed by bad news. Job heard this back to back. It said, while they were still speaking, the next one came in. This is like rapid fire. It was like a machine gun blasting him with bad news. Bam, 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 bam. But even more bad news was yet to come. If we turn to chapter 2, 
Job chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright. Do you recognize this conversation? Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he'll surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he's in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores. From the soles of his feet to the crown of his head, then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And then it says in all of this, Job did not sin in what he said. Now it's bad news times four plus one. In addition to losing his livestock, his camels, his servants, and his children, now Job develops this severe skin affliction. Sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. And verse 8 says that he took a piece of broken pottery and he scraped himself as he sat among the ashes. It was a common custom in that day that if you were going through a period of grief and mourning, you would sit in a pile of ashes. So Job's mourning, all that he has lost, probably most of all mourning the death of his children, but even as he suffered with that emotional anguish, he also endured physical suffering. His skin itched and ached, and he took a broken piece of pottery and scraped at his skin, trying to find some type of relief. Job lived in a land called Uz. And I'm sure in the middle of all this trouble, he probably wished it was more like the land of Oz. He probably wished he could click his heels and just get out of there. But it wasn't Oz, it wasn't Kansas. Actually, where Job was at was right in the middle of a heavenly battle. Right in the middle of a heavenly battle. If we look at the beginning of this, this whole thing started when Satan makes an accusation against Job. In chapter 1, verse 8, God declares that Job is a blameless and upright man. Job is faithful, and he's a man who fears God, and he lives a devoted life. God is pleased with Job. But then in the next verse, Satan implies that the only reason, the only reason why Job honors God is because God has blessed him. In verse 9, Job 1 verse 9, it says, does, God, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You've blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and and." And herds are spread throughout the land, but now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. You know, the Bible uses that word to define Satan. Satan is an accuser. 
That's what Satan is. He is one who accuses. Satan hates God, and therefore he hates anything that God loves, and that obviously includes us. Satan hates the mercy and the forgiveness that God gives to us, so he goes against God by going against us. And with Job, the accusation goes like this. Hey, hey God, Job only worships you because things are good. If things were bad, he would turn his back on you and he would curse you to your face. And that actually brings up a really good question for you and I to consider. A good question for us. What happens to our faith when things get hard? What happens to our faith when things get hard? I mean, faith is nice and faith is good when things are going great, but what happens when... To our faith when things get hard? What happens when life hurts? Do we keep the faith or do we lose it the moment things don't go our way? There's something really special and really unique about this story of Job. It's unique because not only does Job have faith in God, but God has faith in Job. Satan tries to get God to strike out against Job. Go ahead and make it hard. Go ahead and make it rough and then see where his faith really is. And God answers. God answers and notice God doesn't do it. God doesn't do it. God doesn't strike against Job, but God does allow Satan to do it. In verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12, the Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. God gives permission and he allows Satan to cause chaos in Job's life, but not on Job directly. But that didn't get the result that Satan wanted. So once again he speaks in chapter 2, verse 4 through 6. Skin for skin, a man will give all he has for his own life, but stretch your hand against him and strike his flesh and bones, and he'll surely curse you to your face. Now it, should be, it could be considered a fine line. I'll admit, it could be considered a fine line, but it's worth noting. God doesn't cause Job's suffering. God's not the one who causes the suffering. He doesn't cause it. He does, though, allow it. But this bad stuff that happened to Job, it didn't come from God. It wasn't God's idea. This was from Satan. Satan is the one who created all of this turmoil and all of this hardship. Yes, God allowed it, but it didn't come from God. This was Satan who was throwing the punches. You see, here's what I think. I think God knew that no matter what Satan hit him with, Job had a faith that could take it. I think God knew no matter what Satan threw at him, no matter what turmoil, what chaos, whatever it was, God knew that Job had a faith that could take it. It wouldn't be easy. It, it was going to hurt. But Job's story 
would show the power of a strong faith. This wasn't a punishment against Job. This wasn't God using Job to defend himself against Satan. This was meant to become, this was actually meant to become a powerful testimony about faith. This was meant to be an incredibly powerful testimony about faith. This was God showing our enemy what a deep faith can handle. Faith that is held strong, even in the middle of some really, really hard stuff. I'll admit at first glance, this may seem harsh and it may seem cruel, but we've got to look deeper. In fact, we've got to be right alongside Job and look just as deep as he looked. Because even in this tragedy, and even in these troubles, Job held on to his faith in God. In chapter 1, verse 20 through 22, it says, At this, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, then he fell to the ground in worship, and he said, Naked I've come from my mother's womb, and naked I'll depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin. In chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, his wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. And he said, You're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all of this, Job did not sin. It is something to have faith in God when things are going well. But man, it's something more to have faith in God when things are falling apart. Job's wife apparently was having some doubts. Her faith was struggling. She was done with it. Just curse God and die. That's what she said. Now it's been speculated that either she was hoping that if Job cursed God, then God would strike him dead and his misery would just be over. Or maybe she was suggesting that Job get it over with himself. Curse God and then go ahead and end your suffering. Just take your own life. Either way, her faith was gone. Her faith collapsed under the pressure. Remember Darth Vader in the Star Wars movie? I find your lack of faith disturbing. I kind of think that's how Job felt. I kind of think that's how Job felt in this moment. I think his suffering was made even worse when he heard his wife tell him just to give up and quit trusting in God. I think that took his suffering to a whole new level. He said, you're talking like a foolish woman. Should we accept good from God and not troubles? Whether it was good or whether it was bad, Job kept trusting God. The Bible tells us that in all of this, in all of this, it says, in all of this, he did not sin. That is impressive to me. That's an inspiration to me. Because I don't know about you, But for me, 
when things get crazy and, and when things start falling apart, my frustration level gets high. And in that moment, I become a little bit more susceptible to sin. When life gets messy and gets hard and I can't get things under control, when I'm frustrated, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm hurting, when I'm scared, it's super easy for me to get a really bad attitude. And if I'm not careful, that bad attitude can push me into some really negative thoughts. And then even into some sinful behaviors. Trials and troubles all too often, at least initially, seem to push me further from God instead of closer. And, and that's the lesson that I need to learn from Job. Have faith. Have faith. Trust God, even when things seem to be falling apart. Don't use the hard times to justify bad behavior. Don't hide from God when things get hard. Don't give in to those hopeless feelings. Just keep trusting. Even if we cannot see why, even if we can't see why we're going through what we're going through, even if it's bad news times four plus one, just keep trusting. We do have a God who's promised to be with us through all of the circumstances in our life. Romans 8, verse 35 and verse 37 through 39 says, Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble, suffering, hard times, hunger and nakedness, or danger and death? In everything we have won more than a victory because of Christ who loves us. I'm sure that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not life or death, not angels or spirits, not the present or the future, and not powers above or powers below. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God is God on a good day. And God is God on a bad day. And history is filled with stories about, about people who have suffered in gut-wrenching circumstances and some of those stories of people who have been through so much, some of those stories become heartbreaking tragedies. But some of those stories go a different direction. And in a lot of those stories, faith in God is what made the difference. Let me tell you about a man named Cedric. Cedric grew up in Oklahoma City. When he was just three years old, his dad walked out of his life. That left his mom raising him and his brother all alone as a single mom. And he says that they didn't have a lot, but he remembers very early on thinking, if I have my mom and I have my brother, everything's going to be okay. Dad may have left, dad may have walked out, but if I have my mom and I have my brother, everything's going to be okay. When he was 15 years old, his brother was shot and killed. And he said at that point, his faith in God was really tested. But he said this, he said, God showed up through our church. 
This was the darkest season of my life. I found hope in the church. That began to fuel me and molded me to the person that I am today. It created a desire in me to serve and to help others because my mom and I had experienced at firsthand the impact of that generosity. And he has spoken and shared his testimony and his faith at numerous youth conventions. He's launched several different outreach ministries. And today, Cedric is a pastor at Life Church in Kansas City, and he is chaplain for the Oklahoma City Thunder NBA team. I'm reading a book right now. It's a story of a boy named David Ring. The book's called The Boy Born Dead. Uh, he was born, stillborn. His mom's life was about to be lost too, but then she noticed him moving over on the table where they had set the stillborn baby. And they started working on him and was able to revive him. But after being without oxygen for nearly, I think it was 18 minutes, um, they didn't know what was going to happen. And of course, he developed cerebral palsy. And... I just started the book, but I could already tell, and I have a feeling, that faith made a lot of difference in this young man's life. You know, the troubles that we face can break us. They can make us bitter and miserable, or if we turn to the Lord, we can stay strong, remain faithful, and become a wonderful testimony of faith. Thanks for listening. Please take a moment to rate this podcast. May the word of God be living and active in your life.